So this is the requesting of the refuges and the five precepts. So if you look at your books, those of you who have not, um, don't have this in mind, you can follow it in your books. We'll do it in, uh, do the refuges in Pali. And the way we do this is I, I do Namotasa three times, then you follow, then you do Namotasa three times, then I take one refuge at a time, Buddham Saranangachami, <coughs> then you come back with Buddham Saranangachami, then Dhammang Saranangachami, and you come back with, so it's a call and response kind of thing, refuges. And then uh, the precepts, so we'll do these in Pali, and then in English. So again, I will um, recite it in Pali, and you can recite it in Pali, and we'll do it in English together. These are the five precepts. So if you're either staying on the the retreat or you want to keep the eight precepts longer, then you can use these five, but also understand that the third to include, uh, you know, refraining from any form of sexual behavior. And then you can recollect the other three. So you don't have to give up the eight for the five. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Buddham Saranam Gachami Buddham Saranam Gachami Dhammang Saranam Gachami Dhammang Saranam Gachami Sangam Saranam Gachami Sangam Saranam Gachami Dutiyam Pi Buddham Saranam Gachami Dudiyam vi sangang saranang gachami Dudiyam vi sangang saranang saranam gachami Dudiyam vi saranang saranang gachami 
Tatiyam Ve Sangang Saranang Dikjahami Tatiyam Take the precept to refrain from destroying living creatures. Adintna dana veramane sigapadang samadhyami. And to take the precept to refrain from taking that which is not given. Gami sumicha chara veramane sigapadang samadhyami. And to take the precept to refrain from sexual misconduct. Motsavada. Veramane Sikapadang Samadhyami And to take the precept to refrain from lying. Suramiraya Majapamadana Veramane Sikapadang Samadhyami and to take the precept to refrain from intoxicating drink or drugs which lead to carelessness. Mani Panchasika Padani Samadhi Ami Sika Padani Samadhi Ami Imani Panchasika Padani Samadhi Ami Silena Sukhatin Yanti, Silena Bogasampada, Silena Nibbotin Yanti, Tasama Silang, we saw So, having taken the refuges and precepts, mm, but they are things one should, uh, it's good to formally take and even take yourself on 
Sundays or moon days or something like that on a regular basis just to act as an orientation you know I'm not just a computer programmer I'm not just a massage therapist I'm not just a construction worker I'm a preceptor mm-hmm. you know so it just helps the oh this is what it's about you know I think as I commented the other day we're not human beings going on a spiritual journey we're spiritual beings going on a human journey <laughs> so you just get get the right thing what, what enables one's spirituality and stay in touch with it what is spiritual what is the sacred what we began with you know that which opens space for us that which makes us feel safe and steady that which gives us a sense of clarity and and you know uprooting these horrible programs and kind of incrustations that we get cause us suffering you know and this is really the journey journey is one metaphor for it really it's actually here and now but it seems like a journey sometimes because <laughs> you keep meeting new ones and they keep coming back and you go through territories of feeling disappointed or feeling your practice isn't getting anywhere or what you're supposed to do now <coughs> they're all tests to see if you can uh, just sustain refuge and keep your space keep your tree with you keep sitting under your tree and if it's raining out there it's raining out there uh, keep your keep your space guard your space sometimes there's nothing much going on sometimes it feels you need a lot more than this sometimes you know, it's difficult to bear up keep your spirits up in the face of circumstances that's that's you know that's the often the main practice is just keep keeping the spirits up the heart up when you're in a world which is often presenting you with very gloomy and despondent perspectives things that really dampen the heart and make one feel despair no, just keeping the refuge keeping guarding your space don't let it get taken over it doesn't do you any good doesn't do anybody any good Sure, there are many things to bemoan and feel frightened of, definitely. But that space, you just guard that. You're already, this is your primary uh, thing. You could even say, it's my duty, you know, to the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, you know, to guard this. I've been offered this, it's been given to me, I've opened into this, it's now my. My duty is now protect to this as I would a mother would protect her child or whatever metaphor you like to use. You know? Because it's already just to push, keep back the waves of, of gloom and misery and seduction and uh, this self-doubt is already, this is the, must be the major practice. Without that, the rest of it doesn't really get going and that that space under the tree where the Buddha sat he sat under a tree he lived under trees he died under a tree you know you go to Bodhakaya you'll see this there's still the tree there with a with a little um, stone seat underneath it you know so it's that reminder of that space under the tree and that's where you want to be 
and use use your use your own body as your tree, your spine as your the trunk of the tree, and your feet like roots. And so you can just keep that, guard that. It's important. When you guard that, then the the defilements tend to not have a. You've got a force field against the defilements of restlessness and fear and you know self-doubt which is a big thing you know because you always identify with the with the layers identify with the histories identify with the patterns and programs and this is going to spin you away from the center it's going to pull you out you want to meet those but you meet those on your t- on your terms in your territory, you don't feel you've got to even sort yourself out. <laughs> you know, in one shot, it's take this can take a while, but you meet those things on your terms when you're ready, and you feel the strength and the capacity and the sense of willingness to rise up against the, um, you know, the shame or the fear or the guilt or whatever. You know, this is a wise strategy. The wise warrior finds their t- their proper ground. Mm. Don't just go running out, trying to th- think yourself into something, or you know, just, just stay steady. Mm. This is uh, just sheer skillful strategy, and it's also restful you have the need for a, a kind of repose in that refuge recognize that having a rest is also considered a very good practice <laughs> you know you can even like the whole point of, of buddhism is, is nibbana which means taking a rest <laughs> it's, it's really <laughs> it's a great aim isn't it you know Take a break from Sangsara. In Nibbana you take a long break from Sangsara. That's all. It's just how long you want to take. <laughs> you want to have five minutes, that's cool, but if you can, you know, get those breaks longer, uh, then that, that's what we're looking for. Another minute, another you know. Let's keep stretch you know, stretching your envelope. Before the stuff gets in and starts getting you whirling around. So just consider this, like you know, as, as a bit of almost like a, a duty, an act of loyalty to the to the teaching, the teachers, and the practices, and all that's been your effort you put in, and the transmission of thousands of years that we've been cr- granted access to. This is my piece. I want to show up for that. Mm. Mm. So just this, it's not a small thing. You know, the Buddha famously said to Ananda, he said, you know, if anyone you have concern for or compassion for, really encourage them to take refuge, then they, it's impossible that they will enter the world of the hungry ghosts or the hell, hell realms. You know, you think, what? Hmm? Where's that? <laughs> you look around, 
you know, if you see under the skin, people's skin, a lot of them are in the hell realms already. <laughs> the hungry ghost realm, you know, with endless craving and need and, this, and you know, feeling of inadequacy, the hungry ghosts. Hell realm is just endlessly self-recriminating, bitterness, fear, cruelty, harshness towards yourself. And these are things that all people are already in them. <laughs> you know, the refuges pulls you out. You not you don't have to, you're not that. Yeah. And the precepts are our our way of enacting that. Really. Enacting that safety, offering safety to others, offering reliability to others. So it's your basic dana. The dana of fearlessness, trustworthiness, <coughs> offering that freedom from that. Nothing no manipulation, clarity, and uh, this is this is your gain. One's, one can see it almost as a, a responsibility. Mm. Remember, these the precepts are not. You know, the image of the precept is not the law book, but the flower. It's another saying. You know, the virtuous person is like their 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 qualities of their their sensitivity, their heriotopa, their, their valuing and respect for others that come from these is like the fragrance of jasmine flowers on the wind. Something sweet and beautiful. Mm. You, be, you li- abide with people who hold precepts. They're not just, you know, they really hold it clearly. and They're not kind of moralizing. There's a lovely quality of, of sensitivity, Respect, warm-heartedness, you know, really not want to mess you around in any way. I want to be straight with you. And there's a lovely quality that arises with that. And so just imagine if you've enjoyed some of that in this assembly, then is it possible, you know, at least in your own heart, to, to abide in that and drink it in? And anyone, you know, you go to... to um, monasteries where you know they meditate but it's often kind of fairly stuff's happening and there's people coming and going and there's little bits and pieces and there's average amount of chaos and things going wrong <laughs> you know in a kind of worldly way but the overall sense is is you know you step out of the day-to-day you know lift lift off from the day-to-day events it's, hey everybody's safe here Everybody's safe here. Even the little animals are safe here. And there's a lovely open quality. You can put your purse down and nobody's going to touch it. You can leave your door unlocked. Nobody's going to steal things. Park your car. Nobody's going to run off with it. (laughs) And it's, it's a lovely, if you really reflect and drink it in, there's a lovely relaxation that can occur in that. If there's certain, you know, mistrust doesn't have to be there. And if we can get so inured to this sense of defensiveness and mistrust that, that you kind of normalize it. And then, you know, you stay in a monastery or a precept place and, hey, I don't need that. Oh, you know, it allows room for growth. So this is the Selena. Sila um, with 
vehicle for sukhating, which is happiness, well-being, this kind of happiness, feeling good, feeling blessed. You know, remorse will not come to me as long as I remember that, recollect that, dwell in that. And then, silena nibbuting yanti, vehicle for cooling, for uh, the sense of releasing these grips of uh, passion and fear, cools things down, mm. tension dissolves. Pushiness can dissolve. Furtiveness. Let nobody see me doing this or that. Or anything of that nature can dissolve. Lovely, cool, easy feeling. See Lena Borga Sampada virtue as a store of good fortune because one who is virtuous finds virtuous people draw close to them um, take them in uh, speak to them they, they, they find they have good friends reliable friends steady friends friends who don't let you down even this is considered a great blessing so it's the you know really to bear this in mind because you know so much of our even our wording around morality is a very much a legal punitive thing and this is actually this is the wrong metaphors this is really the, what makes us human beings it's you know it's said in the buddhist tradition where well, you're not really a proper human being unless you keep the precepts you know you're kind of half there because we're a human body, but doesn't mean you haven't really haven't unpacked the human thing, which is unlike other creatures. We we are, we can be, we have ethics, yeah. and without them, we're much worse than other creatures, much more brutal, vicious than other creatures without them. But with them, we're far greater, wider. Uh, more, we can bond more thoroughly and, and beautifully. So this is our flowering in humanity. And actually, when you, you reflect on some of these, you, you the list, the five or the eight or whatever it is, the, that sense. Um, there, the, the what is asked is, I undertake to you know, train myself. Sikar means I don't necessarily get it right on day one. I'm going to undertake to keep pushing that that sense of conscience and concern, the integrity, pushing it open. Undertake to just keep working on that you know so little areas where we're a bit casual or slapdash or you know ignorant oh where's that and you keep check it out because the wisdom aspect of this is 
everything that we do or say has some sort of consequence for ourselves and others and those where the, these layers then get built up it's called karma mm-hmm. we, we build up the result, action has results and uh, you know so we have the chance to form ourselves in something that's quite beautiful or not. And this, the five are considered the, the basic boundary which keeps you safe. And uh, from, you know, the realms of misery. Now you refrain from distraught, taking the life of living creatures, Pana. Panatipa is a breathing creature, so you know, be careful you don't kind of look at these things through a microscope. And so you get you know, you want to take some some lettuce out of your garden and you start getting upset about whether you're gonna take the life of the lettuce or <laughs> well lettuce, you know, it's that's okay, you know, there's a certain pragmatism about it. We have to eat. So it doesn't breathe. <laughs> Uh, you know, has this light, this quality in it then uh, so even insects have some kind of they do have some sort of respiration so when you look at this uh, uh, clearly then obviously insects don't know things or don't you know about um, human habits habitat so they just move into your house to them it's all part of the earth you know what makes you think this is yours anyway <laughs> So if you have issues with cockroaches in your bed, <laughs> then you think, well, actually, what, should, what can I do, you know, to prevent them coming there, clean, keep the room clean, spray it, you know, some way in which makes them feel unwelcome. <laughs> Stay out of here, my territory. And this is, you know, the skunk strategy. So, <laughs> you know, you, so you do things like that, or make sure everything is kept, turn things over so you don't creatures don't nest under the carpet or behind the the, the the cupboard or under the sink or something keep turning things over um, so that you don't come to this kind of uh, dilemma hmm. but if you follow this at least one is sensitive and aware and you know you can take it down to a fine degree but the, the main thing is you know we don't kill other humans or, or animals we can see running around and then if you want you can also extend it saying well I don't support this so we can look at that because a lot of killing is now done remote you know so meat industry you know obviously armies we're sitting here we're not doing anybody any harm but yet we go down store and buy a load of meat that's come from some animal that's been killed and yeah you're not actually doing it but then you know if you bear in mind you think about it cause and effect what am i tied what am i linked up to what am i connected to what am i unwillingly or unwittingly supporting so you can reflect on these things wisely and decide well i don't want to do that if i don't have to if i can get by without it i don't want to support that this is just a matter of you looking into that more more fully Mm. 
And these, these are then our, you know, personal initiative. You, know, you can develop it. Taking that which is not given, so this is a matter of understanding. Basically, uh, there is a lot that's been given. Um, air, life, a body, um, you know, teachings, uh, kindness, goodwill, and to enjoy fully that which has been given. And just to be conscious of the acquisitive or covetous or distracting tendencies we have just to have things because, well, why not, you know? And then you contemplate that, and then particularly, obviously you want to buy something, that's up to you. But um, we certainly don't want to take anything that hasn't been given. So you're careful about that. Mm. <coughs> and again, it's a matter of getting a pragmatic understanding of it. So if somebody got up, was concerned because he'd talked to, a, you know, he'd been talking to a doctor and the doctor had been talking away with him for about 20 minutes or so and then he realised, I've taken up this doctor's time. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's taken it too far. The person willingly offered their time. But remember, what is, is uh, the sense of dana and the beauty of that is is uh, the giving of attention, the giving of advice, the giving of sympathy, the giving of honesty, the giving of fearlessness. These are all beautiful gifts. So when we do offer, and we really appreciate what's offered, take it in, then you feel quite satisfied, uh, you know, and it helps to reduce one's, one's hungers. Uh, sexual misconduct, well, the, the, basic, the baseline is that Mutuality precedes sexuality in terms of action. You know, certainly a strong sense of mutuality and sympathy and concern and warmth precedes sexuality. And, you know, I guess sexuality can be seen as such a, such a, a toy or a fun thing to do. Uh, and, but it, uh, you know, there can be a lot of sexual abuse going on, yeah. particularly when you you know you feel you should do sex because that's that's a great thing to do, and you don't you know, and then you really abuse yourself, you know, just being used in, in some way, or feeling that will make you feel be more popular, <laughs> you know. Well, that isn't the popularity that's going to do you a lot of good. If you want to practice a brahmacharya, you know, for a few weeks or a month, or take that on, then this is also takes quite a, it's a lot of work because the body does is sexual, but um, also a very beautiful offering in its own way. It certainly. Myself practicing this for 40 odd years, it hasn't made me repressed, perverted, <laughs> hasn't stopped me feeling warm hearted 
and uh, tender-hearted towards people and enjoying people's company, male and female. And it's actually widened it, you know, and made it more safe and more comfortable because there isn't anything that that's, it's just straight from the heart. Sexuality is often rather, I find quite clumsy business actually. (laughs) 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 Not that I'm really that much of an expert. (laughs) So you're just getting the sense of, um, you know, these things are not righteous laws. Speech is very, uh, very significant precept. I was even looking at the book because always disappointed when it just says refrain from lying, even though that's that's literally true. But actually, the right speech is a f- is refraining from four bases. One is um, saying that which is not true, knowing it's not true, with the idea that people will believe it. So it isn't like saying an obvious joke or making a, an exaggeration that everybody knows is an exaggeration, like a figure of speech, like, you know, work was hell today, or perhaps it's not an exaggeration. <laughs> you know, or... But saying, you know, expecting to be believed, taken literally and saying something with that intention. So that's, that's lying, but it's also harsh speech, which is obviously swearing, belittling, stereotyping, caricaturing, making somebody feel small, um, harsh speech, that kind of idiot, nitwit, dumb, dummy. <laughs> uh, or, you know, or even, even, but also this means also um, looking at it more clearly, also written clearly, written. And if you refine it, be, be aware even of body language, you know, you know, that does that. Obviously, obviously some body languages are particularly designed to, you know, to signify scorn, but even just kind of like turning your back on someone where you don't count. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the hit of that. So, harsh speech. Speech which uh, does not, you know, offers rather than respect, offers disrespect. And so we look at that, cultivate that work with that. Um, Gossip, slander, gossip, talking about people behind their backs in ungracious ways. Just imagine this terrible thing, somebody's gossiping about you, how you feel about it. He just wears it. Where? What did I do? Could somebody tell me? It's really corrosive because if somebody tells you straight, you can either admit it or refute it or talk about it. It's going on behind your back, and you've got everybody's hearing about it. You go, you know, how do you deal with it? So this really rots, myth, rots and corrodes trust. So, friend from gossip. So generally, one way of looking at this thing is if if the person you're talking about was in the room, would you say that? That's a good way to get it. Because sometimes you have to say, well, you know, basically Jack is, you know, he's, he's a difficult character, you know, or he's got some problems with his temper, or, you know, she, she often seems to me to be taking advantage of people. If, you, if they were there, would you say it? 
That's a good way to look at it. And then you kind of, perhaps, things one has to say, it says you know, a noble person is someone who, when they have to speak of another's thoughts, they, they speak about it lightly. They don't make a big thing out of it. You know, they just, well, he does have a problem with this, rather than, he's a dummy, he's an idiot. <laughs> like, sympathetically, recognizing that being people get, you know, formed and corrupted and, and you know, addicted and to all kinds of things, and we should have sympathy for them because clearly they're doing themselves harm. So someone who's got habits you find yourself disagreeing with, just name it as that, I really find his habits quite disagreeable in this respect. I feel myself feeling very frightened or agitated with that kind of behavior. And then that would be his behavior rather than the person. You know, I find myself feeling like I'm being controlled when I'm in his presence. And maybe, you know, you train it like that, and there's a possibility if you frame it up like that, you could even address it, talk to him directly about it, from sympathy, like, I don't, you know, I know you're a person who would like to feel um, seen with goodwill, and this makes it difficult for me to see you with goodwill and trust. And I think you'd like to be seen with goodwill and trust. So I have to mention this to you so that you can, you know, acknowledge and see how you can work out of it. So really speak to the good in the person with sympathy for their shortcomings. It's a skillful thing, very skillful, where you can get right speech. We're all saying stupid things at times, you know. <laughs> and you, know, you really value it if somebody can, you know, say, you know, I see you as a person who would like to, you know, feel they're trustworthy or you wouldn't want to do people harm, but this habit does hurt people, you know. Oh, what? That? Oh, it's just joke. Yeah, I know you're just joking, but <laughs> for you it's a joke, but, <laughs> you know, it does. It does cause these problems. You think, oh my goodness. Thank you. And you take effort. So, this is much, right speech is just fantastic. It's perhaps one of the highest forms of dana. You know, and the Buddha said, without this sense of being able to, a channel whereby you feel you could correct, offer correction. You know, he said this amongst the monastic community, if you can't do this to each other, you're finished. <laughs> you know, it, we call this death. Or it gets to the point where people think they are not going to bother because he can't take it. So this is called death in the holy life. If people think you're not even worth bothering to, to correct anymore. How else are you going to learn? You can't see the back of your head. That's just a fact. He wants somebody to tell you. How else are you going to know? So, you know, again, this is just something to cultivate right speech, put us by wrong speech. Last one is just pointless chatter, which we often do from an anxious sense of trying to be friendly with each other. It's a social habit. Yeah, and fair enough, a little bit. It's not like you've got to always come out with polished statements. But as it you know, as it said, 
often in the canon you see the, the Buddha comes into some meeting and the monks are sitting around just having a bit of a bonding session, you know, over <laughs> gruel or toothwood or something they were doing. And he's chatting away and he says, oh, hello, monks, how are you doing? Have you seen you join the company? Yes, Lord. And, and so then they they'll start something more meaningful. And he went, would, Buddha went to see the Buddha. There'll be this, it says, they exchange pleasantries, you know. And then they got down to business. So there's a sense at which there's a kind of loosening up of, you know, nice day or hope you're well. Or uh, the Buddha would often say, I hope you're getting alms food or your faculties are bright or your body's okay. And they say, you know, so they're opening up. And then after a while, you kind of hang on. We just, you can always sense it. We're still <laughs> oscillating in this this sphere of of talking about something else <laughs> and we haven't met yet <laughs> we've kind of generated a sense of we want to meet and we can exchange words we have we haven't actually moved into meeting yet and um, could we move into something more meaningful so being able to edit one's chat and uh, to avoid just endlessly babbling about everything other than where you're at. And of course this is where, if you look at this in the written sense, this is where we wise restraint over what you read or see, because this in a way is is also a form of pointless chatter. You know, quiz shows and da-da-da-da-da, it's just... called entertainments but it's not that it's to be just some sourpuss but you're realizing the the amount the deluge of verbiage that that you you could have 24 7 you could have non-stop verbiage of which most would be buy this hey this hey you know one of these people buy one of these you know about this this is at the end of the day you're no wiser no clearer just just rattled and foggy (laughs) and it's it's then it distracts it you lose the what are we almost this is a spiritual being on a human journey what am i doing here (laughs) so uh you know and uh when you're in these companies with people who don't get this at all, their often family life can be just this. It's, it's just how to just quieten down, uh-huh. mm-hmm. not be interested, not to be disapproving just as much as just, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Maybe so. So after a while, if people get them, they're not getting any thing. Oh, she's a bit of a drag, <laughs> or or just something you can kind of go to another level. So just the withdrawal of interest can help to moderate a conversation. If it seems to be just spinning out. So, yeah, these are qualities to look into, cultivate. 
Fifth precept, refraining from intoxicants. It's a heavy word, but um, obviously alcohol. And then people say, well, you know, maybe just at half a glass now and then is okay. I don't get any damage, but then an empty glass is even better. And and however you hold this, but what, 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 why? What do you want to take? What do you want to drink for? Isn't it only a way to socialize or have a dinner? Is Is it necessary? Is it really necessary? You know? Recognizing, you know, well, there's a lot of money goes into that. Uh, a lot of the earth is used for producing that planet. Used for that. And um, a lot of damage is done through misusing this. A lot of damage and addiction and violence and crime and sexual abuse and lying because of intoxication and you say well is it half a glass three quarters of a glass one glass one and a quarter glass one and a half glass how about none easy (laughs) and even you know so this is something to to cultivate and again you know people who want to have a beer hey come and have a beer let's be friends you know yeah sure we can be friends yeah no just don't bother with that no just uh you know Soda water be fine, and you get the kind of what's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? You know, people feel offended, so you need to kind of. Well, no, I'm fine. It's fine. I've got a thing. I don't, I'm sensitive to, to alcohol. It's such that the Buddha. One of the reasons why. See, we have this rule about fruit juice. You know, where if you give a nun or a monk fruit juice then they've got to drink it before dawn. So if you give it to them at noon or eight o'clock or whatever, they've got to drink it before dawn, before the next dawn. See? And that's because in the tropics, well, even that amount of time, there'd be some slight fermentation effect from the warmth. So you'd never call a glass of fruit juice liquor, but it took it that seriously for, for us thought that even the possibility of that degree of fermentation was something to say, no, you know, we're sensitive to that. And uh, and you realize, you know, particularly if you want to cultivate (coughs) meditation, you know, that sensitivity, you need deep sensitivity to look into moderating the mind and entering and abiding in peaceful states and seeing things clearly. And that's something to see as a privilege. You know, as a meditator, you have a big, big privilege. You've got a source that many people don't have. And you have to treasure that. I recommend you treasure it. Not from some righteous place, just because it is uh, um, uh, potential for great uh, blessing and your own welfare. And if you refrain from that kind of thing, then perhaps other people think, okay, she's doing it, fine, I don't need to do that. Yeah, 
they, they have their half a beer. I don't want to have another one because you're not having one, so I won't have one. You know, you can that kind of effect without without going into some temperance league lecture on it, because <laughs> it's never worked for humans. You know, the prohibition and the war on drugs. Whenever <laughs> you create war on something, you lose. <laughs> So drugs, even, um, you know, obviously hard drugs, but uh, even things like cannabis, marijuana, and so on. I mean, I've personally done all these things. And yeah, you know, but then you don't develop any parami. You can go into some interesting spaces with psychedelics and things like that. Loosely, psychedelics, you can certainly expand your mind, but you you didn't do anything. (laughs) Uh, So there's no... Barami, which means, you know, personal strength, like clarity. Uh, you haven't handled anything, you haven't done anything, apart from smoke or take a tablet. So you haven't developed any skill or any strength in opening the mind. You just relied upon something else to do it for you. And in the long run, that, that means you don't get any wisdom, you don't get any strength. So much better to, to just work it through meditation. And uh, then you don't develop dependence either. So, you know, that these then are thing qualities and sensitivities and cultivations to start with basic and see what how that develops for your welfare, your happiness, your safety, for the encouragement of good friendship, for your freedom from regret for the development of meditation, for the path to liberation. This is why these should be kept, honoured, respected, referred to, treasured, remembered. And you remembered, you get strong. You get strong. And they see see they give you strength and give you dignity. And that's precious. So, um, so now we would uh, um, we will. Is it streaming? Is it Yeah. Okay. Good. I thought it was. Yeah, now we would like to offer you a little memento, which is these threads. We have these threads, and um, like the Buddha, um, somebody asked, why is the Buddha have a red thread on his wrist? Well, the thread is kind of just a token of, of reminder, like you're in the club. <laughs> <laughs> and this, is, this, is, this is the governor, this is the... The boss, <laughs> president of the corporation. <laughs> and so this is Dummercore, Dummercorp. And um, so when you get one of these, you, you're a fully paid up, signed up member of the club. Okay. Where, where's that? You've got to go back and do a, have another session, go to a, get, you get a top up. Yeah, so, and the, generally these, these threads are tied around your karma active wrist. So if you're right-handed, it goes around your right wrist, so you're just about, uh oh <laughs> Let go. 
so and so we would like to offer these and they would do this is because um, also it'd be nice for you just to have a little bit of a connection with each other in this way so we'll start a chant like a mantric chant and get that going so that will be the atmosphere and then you come forward one at a time we'll give you the thread and you can turn around to one of your fellow yogis and they'll tie it on your wrist and you can tie it on somebody else's wrist so you have a little connection a little touch of kalyanamita you know, you know touching holding tying it on each other's wrists is that clear enough okay so let's start the <coughs> the chant the chant that we're going to use um, means um, to the Buddha I go for refuge, um, uh, giving my life to realize Nibbana. And I'll do that in English, to the Dhamma, Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. And then we're coming in the Pali. And uh, the Pali is Buddhang Te Buddhang Me Jivitang, life force, Yawa Nibbanang, until Nibbana. Gachami, I go to the Buddha for refuge with my life to realize Nibbana. So it's, it's kind of some rendition. So then we do that Buddha Dhamma Sangha. And you'll probably pick it up very quickly. Buddhang me jivitang yawa nibbanang saranang gachami. And then dhammang. So we'll start that and then as you as you get get into it if you want to pick it up and then maybe when it's going I'll give a little ring of the bell and you can come forward to one at a time to receive your threads Pay respects to the book.